Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. You know, I, I think it's just the work ethic and the community support that you have. And, and you know, it, it means something. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachia. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur out there, especially in Eastern Kentucky, check them out. Appalachia Meets World, we're back again. It's Will. And Neil. Busy season, man, as they all are, but you know, getting into the getting into the swing of things. I'm really excited about our uh, episode tonight. Back to school season, huh? Yeah, back to school, getting into the grind, getting the kids up early again. You know, they're they're not liking that, but gotta get them, gotta get them adjusted. Gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, I remember when mom and dad used to uh, lay the law down and make us go to bed. You know, I think that's what developed my always in bed first in college mentality. <laughs> you, you had that? I was always out early. I was never a night out, man. I, I, I really think it goes back to. Uh, Gosh, you were a 50 year old in college. I know. I know. It was it was bad. Yeah, it goes back to those early days. We uh, shared the same room and you cried yourself to sleep every night. Yeah, it's because I was in the top bunk, man. It was a long way from the bottom. <laughs> That's what it was scary. I was, I was like two. I mean, my kids when they were two, they're still in the crib. Yup, mom and dad just threw me in the top bunk, like figure it <laughs> barely, out. Barely a rail on the top bunk, and the two-year-old yeah. there. I'm telling how many times I fell on you. Uh, I got a little bit of Appalachian news today. Awesome. Uh, I just wanted to mention the ARC, Appalachian Regional Commission, for those people that yeah. don't like acronyms, like uh, me. So they're having their third stop on their Appalachian Roadshow. It's titled Building Appalachian Businesses. So it's all about building entrepreneurship, building ecosystems, building businesses in Appalachia. But it's it's a webinar. It's a free webinar. All you have to do is register. But it's held, being held in Anderson, South Carolina, with leaders from South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi. So that is August 23rd from 10 to 12, if you want to check that out. It's a free webinar. Go register. Thank you. Appreciate that update. Yeah. I wanted to highlight a couple of festivals. I feel like the beginning of fall is kind of a festival season in parts of Appalachia. You know, you got the chicken festival coming up, but I wanted to highlight the Appalachian Festival, August 20th through 28th. They're celebrating Appalachian Makers. On the 26th and 27th, they're having a Makers Fair at the Appalachian Festival, but that's in Beckley, Raleigh County, West Virginia. It's by the Beckley, Raleigh Chamber of Commerce. They have it to celebrate Appalachian heritage. So I just want to give them a shout out. It's in its 25th year. And another festival, it's in its 96th year. 
in Gray, Tennessee. Started in 1926. It's the Appalachian Fair. They talk about it as being acres of fun because it's held on over 100 acres. They have a mascot. It's called Appy. Appy the Happy Duck. A-P-P-Y. They have a lot going on at that fair. Tons of stuff. It's August 22nd through 27th, so it starts next week. That's in Gray, Tennessee. Gray's over in like Johnson City, in between Johnson City and Kingsport, right, Will? Yep, yep, right there. Over there close to uh, Virginia, North Carolina, over there in that corridor of the uh, Appalachian region. So uh, if you're wondering where Gray, Tennessee is, it's not a not necessarily one of those cities that you hear about a lot, but it's close to some of those bigger towns. Yep, that's a good point. They bring in a lot of people. Over 250,000 usually come to this fair. They got some headliners for the concerts. Carly Pierce, Russell Dickerson, Walker Hayes, Shenandoah is going to play. Doesn't Walker Hayes sing sing that Applebee song? Uh, (laughs) I think he does. Isn't that one of your favorites? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What what is the name of that? I don't know. I uh, I just can hear the lyrics in my head. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah you can put that you can put that in the show notes we, we rocked it out to turn it up I prefer the hey 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 Applebee's on <laughs> Why does everybody always call it the Applebee song? You know it talks because about it's Applebee's commercial. Have you ever seen the commercial? He talks about Wendy's first. <laughs> That's very true. That's true. But it, I think it got so famous because because it was on a national commercial. It was on the Applebee's commercial. Anyway, August 22nd through 27th, they're having that fair. They have tons of stuff going on at the fair, but they highlight artisans in Appalachia. So I just wanted to highlight that. Well, check them out. Yes, sir. Two other pieces of note I just wanted to add. I know we talked about the floods last week. We'll probably continue to talk about the floods. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to let that die. But I did want to point out SOAR, one of our partners they have a student relief fund which i think is excellent that they started this you know all those kids about to start school but the whole area has been devastated by floods they have started this relief fund that you can donate to that's going to provide the students with support in regards to supplies home appliances if needed bedding rental cars for the parents to get them to and from school gas cards internet computers just anything the kids might need to help them transition back into school a lot of those kids lost everything in the floods and i think this is a very needed fund for the area so if you want to donate to that check it out on soar's website it's the student relief fund and also the foundation for appalachian kentucky they're doing a lot of work in regards to flooding relief but one of the thing one of the funds that they have it's a ten thousand dollar grant to support the small businesses and nonprofits that pretty much lost everything during the flood. So you can donate to that. They're giving $10,000 grants to these organizations and these business, small businesses in the area. Awesome. Didn't know about that. Well, I'm glad you told me about that. I, I didn't even know about that one. 
obviously these floods devastated the entire area. And you think about the homes, you think about the families, you think about the businesses, the government, the organizations, but you don't always think about the kids returning to school. You know, it's school time. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, back to school season. And these kids just lost everything in a flood. You know, what do you do? Tough times over there, man. All kinds of uh, resources right now available. That'll be in our show notes. We're in our show notes last week. So I hope you guys Check that out. That's all I had, Appalachian News, but I did have some news news. Okay. It has to do with sports, but it's actually been in the New York Times. I think it's gone above and beyond sports, but have you heard? I know you've heard, but Calipari coming out against Stoops. You know my feelings on that. (laughs) Go ahead. You want to share? Stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. I think think he he was stating the obvious. He just said a little bit too much. Well, it's just things that you don't say. Like, yeah, I think true. I think this is this has always been Cal's problem, you know, and there's other people that have the same problem. Every Democrat out there that wants to bash on Donald Trump not being able to keep his mouth shut. I hope you're not a Kentucky basketball fan. <laughs> the same needs to apply to John Calipari. He cannot keep his mouth shut. <laughs> no, he can't. He can't. Like, if you're the coach at Kentucky, number one, you have the greatest basketball coach in all of the land. You have the greatest support. But if you piss half of your fa- fan base off by just talking, <laughs> why? <laughs> That's like, just it. Like, he stated the obvious. So, so just for the listeners that don't know, Calipari came out. He's trying to get a new facility for the basketball team. So he comes out on a broadcast. And he comes out and says, Kentucky is a basketball school. Georgia and Alabama, they're football schools. Our football team, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they win 10 games, but we're a basketball school. Yes, Kentucky is a basketball school, but you don't come out and say that, right? Absolutely not. Not in today's world. Well, it's all about recruiting. And since he said that, there's the two schools that he mentioned have already used it against Kentucky. I mean, right now, right now we are competing to get those same kids that I never thought I would see happen at the University of Kentucky. We're competing against the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Floridas and the, and the Tennessees. And we're taking those kids right now because of the leadership of Mark Stoops. And now our basketball coach, who's probably the most popular figure in the state, is essentially throwing us under the bus. I mean, come on, man. What do you think about the Stoops clap, clap back? He immediately tweeted back to Calabria. Perry's comment, and then he started retweeting other tweets that people had sent that were against Calipari's comment. What do you think of that, him coming back? I like it. You think the story would have died if he hadn't done that? No, I don't, because of the media. The media is not going to let it die, number one. They're going to turn it into a story, and Stoops had to defend himself. The easy thing to do here would be for John Calipari to get Stoops in the same room and apologize to him. But pride and ego will never allow that to happen. (laughs) And pride and ego has killed many a man. So, And there's so much other stuff going on in the world, but this has become national news. Like I said, it's been in the New York Times, all over the radios on ESPN, just off of sports news, just in the mainstream news. You just never see anything like this. The head football coach, head basketball coach going at each other on Twitter. Like I said, Will, stay in your lane, bro. But I did want to bring it up because we have a special sports episode tonight. You know, one of our first episodes that we ever had on the show was about the importance of athletics or the importance of sports in small towns. And more specifically, Will, the importance of high school football in small towns. 
towns and what it means throughout all of Appalachia. You know, our roots are in Eastern Kentucky. Our experience is in Eastern Kentucky, but this happens all over Appalachia with small town high school football kind of becoming the centerpiece of the family for a period of time during the fall. Yeah, and it brings a community together, especially in those small towns. It brings that community pride to the surface, which a lot of times is what a community needs to get it going. And I just saw on on Twitter yesterday, the guy that we're, we're having on tonight had his entire family in a photo talking about the upcoming high school football season. And, you know, he's got small kids. They're all in their, in their rebel football gear, taking a family photo. And it just epitomizes the meaning behind small town high school football that we talk about so often. So I, I love the photo and, and I'm really looking forward to our interview tonight. Yeah, me too. And, and you know, some people will say, well, athletics is not the most important thing in school. Obviously, academics is. And academics is. But like I said, it's not just about the athletes. It's about the entire school. It builds this community pride. It's about the entire community. It can bring a whole community together. So I just wanted to point that out. But also, since you mentioned Justin Haddix, who's going to be on the show tonight. And he's the head coach at Bull County. And I just wanted to mention, you know, Justin played at Breathitt County, which was essentially devastated during the floods. And his team mm-hmm. came to him. I don't even think he went to his team at Boy Count, Boy County, but his team came to him with the idea of putting together supplies and going down to Breathitt County, which Boy County did by the leadership of Justin. They got supplies together and went down to Breathitt County to help in the flood reliefs. I just think that's, like you said, the epitome, but that just goes to show how sports can affect a community outside of athletics. And I know growing up, Justin felt that community in Breathitt County at an early age, and I'm sure we'll get into it and talk to him about it today. But what, what helped build his sense of pride and his love of the game of football was that community. And it, it's just so cool to see him going back and constantly giving back to Breathitt County at, at, to, from where he's at now. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. You want to have him on? Yeah, man, let's get into it. On today's episode, we have Justin Haddix. He's the head football coach of back-to-back state championship, Bull County. He grew up and played at Breathitt County in Central Appalachia, where he won the 2002 AA state championship. He went on to play for uh, quarterback for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, where he had a stellar career on the hill still ranking in the top five in all-time passing yards and and touchdowns. Actually, he's second in total offense and third in total touchdowns at Western Kentucky. Since his collegiate playing days, he started coaching high school back in the mountains at at Breathitt County, then for Perry Central, becoming head coach at Corbin for six years, where he went to a state championship there as well, um, lost in the finals. As I mentioned, he's at Boyle County. But, Justin, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, excited to talk today. Was that two finals at Corbin or just one? Yeah, it was 17 and 18. I, I told you, Neil. I told um, you. I didn't remember the 17 for some reason. Yeah, actually, in 17, we lost to Boyle County. And then in 18, we lost by one to Louisville Central. <laughs> oh, you've lost two and won two and, and seem to have things – rolling in the right direction at at 
Boyle County. And um, as a former guy from the mountains, is there, I guess, do you consider Boyle County the mountains or what do you, what do you, or the, uh, flat, or the flatland. flatlands? No, Boyle County is the flatland now. There's a, flat, not in the mountains. We've got, I've actually got a coach on my staff and he played at South Laurel. And he's from uh, – he, he grew up there from sixth grade on. He, he was born in Cincinnati, and then he grew up and uh, he played for South Laurel, Travis Burns. Travis so. Burns, yeah, yeah. So, we talk we, – me and him are the mountain guys, and we're the only ones from around there. You know, everybody else is from, from up here. So, he's my defensive coordinator. And uh, so, I call the offense. He's defensive coordinator. So, you got two mountain guys in big roles for this program. Down in the flatlands. Mm-hmm. We want to ask you a quick question. We ask everybody just to kick off our show. Neil and I, our family, as most Appalachians, we're big on tradition. One of the traditions we have, our family has appetizers at the holidays. Usually we have this huge spread of appetizers bigger than the actual meal. So we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish? Yeah, well, uh, actually, I said we've got a couple little things. We were, my, they always make the ranch dip. So it's not you use the ranch dressing packages. And then you put that with sour cream and make that. And that's like our little dip thing that we always have. And my grandfather, Ed Raleigh, he always said, well, we got to have some hors d'oeuvres here before we start our meal. So we always have some sort of hors d'oeuvres that we have at the house and, and always there. And then uh, another staple, what we've had is I, I met a teammate at Western Kentucky. His name's Getty Cabot. And uh, we were in the playoffs and I went, I was too far away. So if you were less than three hours, you were allowed to go home. But if you were over that, you couldn't go home. Uh, for Thanksgiving one time. So I went with his family to Louisville and they had a grape salad. So it had grapes and it's sugar, brown sugar and, and all this in it. And then it was Miss Cabot. She, she's now passed on, but uh, she gave my mom the recipe. So now we always have that at all our little dinners and, and everything that we have. So it's kind of a, a cool little thing. Nice. Nice. That's not too fair for the mountain boys. They're all three <laughs> hours away. That's yeah. right. I, well, I said I had to go home with I went with him, which it was cool to be able to go do that. But I miss going home for Thanksgiving that year. <laughs> in this football thing, I always try to tell my family. I said I hope I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving. I hope we're practicing. I love to go home, but uh, I definitely want to be playing Thanksgiving. That means you're in the semifinals and got a chance for a state championship. That's what I was ready to ask. How many years in a row now have you not had a normal Thanksgiving? Well, in. T- 2019, I had I went home, but from from 17, well, we played in the semifinals, I think in the 15, 15, 16, 17, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, and 21. So I've only been home for Thanksgiving one time in the, in that little stretch. I've been pretty lucky. That's pretty good. One of our first episodes that we had ever had, we had Dudley Hilton on. Mm-hmm. You know, and he went from the mountains. He actually went to Boyle County and then came back to the mountains. We right. talked about then how important small town athletics was to small towns, and especially in App- Appalachia, especially high school football. I, I, we just wanted to ask you, what was it like growing up in the Appalachian Mountains, those Friday nights on the on, in the mountains, and what did it mean to your community in regards to, you know, high school athletics, football, and specifically but you know what did it mean to the community there in, in the mountains oh uh, it was always uh it, it was special you know you wanted to grow up and want to be a part of that in 19 actually when we got beat Brethet was playing in the semifinals so then I went and I watched them practice uh you know that morning they went and played Somerset I think that year 
end up getting beat. But it, it was cool to kind of go back to that, you know, and get a play there. And obviously, Breathitt County, uh, my dad was on the first team at Breathitt County ever in 1974. Uh, my brother was on the, the state champ, the first state championship team. Uh, he was a sophomore, I think. Yeah, the first state championship team in 95. I was on the, the last state championship team in 02. And then my younger brother was the quarterback in 08 when they lost in the finals to Little Central. So our family's kind of been right there with it and, and played all the sports. You know, me and my, my youngest brother both played basketball. You know, it was always important and just that little – your hometown and getting to play. And I try to tell my kids now at bowl and everybody always wakes up, you know, Hey, I can't wait to play college football. Can't wait to play college football, but there was nothing any better than, than playing high school football. And then especially in the mountains and, and kind of where you're at, but all those people that are coming to the game, they all know you, they've seen you riding around town, you know, cause there wasn't a whole lot going on. I think there's five or six stoplights in Breathitt County where I grew up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, so you, you knew everybody. Uh, and, they shut and, it shut it down on Friday nights. Oh yeah, shut it down on Friday nights, and it was that's where everybody wanted to be. That's that's what it was going on, and that just makes it kind of that makes it special, it makes it mean more, in, in my opinion. Absolutely. At, at what age, man, did you know that 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 coaching was something you wanted to get into, and, and you know, did you always want to coach high school? I wanted to. Uh, I tell you, I, I first my uncle he worked for the highway. And, you know, he talked about he, – he, he bought and sold right away for the highways, right away agent for there. You know, he said, Justin, you need to go be a civil engineer. That be, They've got a great job. You can do this. And then I took a math class. I said, that ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I went back and I got a coach. When, when we were playing, Coach Holcomb, who was a legend and, and you know, doing this now, and, and he was at Breathitt and now he's at Madison Central. But they had the spring – our youth football was kind of in the spring. So as a high school player, you could go back and, and help and kind of be around and watch their games and, and do that. So that was really cool to go back and help my little brother be around the game. I said, well, you know, this is pretty fun. This is what I want to do. And then when I got out of college, I said, well, I want to be a college coach because I wanted to, to make a lot of money. And then I wanted to – but my plan was always to come back and be a high school coach at the end. And, you know, now I just – I started off in high school, first started in Breathitt County. I was coaching – I was an assistant football coach and assistant basketball. So, uh, you know, I was busy. I wasn't married then, didn't have any kids. And I, I did that for two years. Then I got married, uh, was a head coach at Perry County Central for four years And when I turned 25. Um, so I was young doing that. Then we had a couple kids. Now I've got three. So, uh, you know, high school football, I feel like it's purest form of you're getting kids that are eager to learn. You know, it makes it fun for me. And, you know, I'm a big kid. I get a big kid be a kid and, and you know we have fun but were they also teaching them lessons of, of really what gets you through that through life and, and you know it seems like every every month every week or something something's coming back to me when when stuff gets hard I always look back to just the times when I played and you know you you think well that coach is stupid he's he's just getting on me for this he's getting on me for that but now how many times it's replayed here probably in the last couple of years is, is is crazy makes me love the game that much more you know, you mentioned college, and I, I mentioned in the intro your stellar career at Western. You, you know, you set all kinds of records. But what was it like going from the – was it a culture shock for you going from the mountains to Western Kentucky? I'm, I'm a fellow hilltopper as well, and we've talked about it on this show of how you would thought I was from a foreign country going to Western <laughs> Kentucky with my accent. Um, I got made fun of all the time. But what was it like, that transition for you going to Western 
Uh, well, I, I said I had Buster Ashley and Big Joe Washington. That one of them's from Owensboro, Buster Ashley is, and Big Joe Washington's from North Hard. And I, I still talk to them, keep in touch. But I was the there was nine quarterbacks when I went to Western, and I was a freshman, and I, I went there, and the, I was the third one to go in. And you know, I had to call the first play, so I get the get the play, and I'm in the huddle, and the first play was I write tight two. <laughs> My accents changed a little bit now since I've been here, but it, it was really it was I right tight, and they all laughed and just walked out of the huddle like, "What'd you say?" <laughs> and like kind of laughed me out of the huddle, but you know it was cool that they took me in, and, and you know now they challenged you, and, and I was able to start as a true freshman and started my whole career there, so I was very blessed to do that. But it was the wind blows a lot more, and you know everything's a little flatter. The wind blows a lot more. And, uh, you know, my accent was pretty heavy at that time, but it, it was fun. It, it was a, never been on an airplane before until I went to college. You know, they were all laughing at me when I put my head between my legs when we first took off <laughs> on the first flight. Do you feel like you had to work a little bit harder being from the mountains going there with all the quote unquote city boys? I think so. You know, that, that was something I always kind of held. You had a little chip on your shoulder of saying, hey, and I was the only one. Uh, you know, I think there was a couple guys that were, you know, you say the 606 area code. And, and there was a couple guys from the 606, but when they came in, uh, you know, we kind of stuck together and said, hey, we wanted wanted this guy to make it because he was from the same area. When you left Western, coming back to the mountains and then leaving again, going to Boyle, was that, was that hard for you? Uh, you know, Neil and I say all the time, there's a little bit of magic in the mountains. They always draw you back. And it seemed like that's what, what it did in regards to coaching. But, you know, you now have left and gone to boil. Was that hard for you to, to make that change or make that decision? You know, not, not really. I, I think once I kind of got out, you know, you're always kind of getting out of your comfort zone. And I think that's a, a big thing. Of you got to kind of – in anything you do to grow, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. And, and I feel like once I left and went to Western and, and did this, I feel like I could go anywhere. You know, yeah. I, I survived that part of going and – and thriving in another place and didn't know anyone, didn't know it, you know, didn't know anyone, anything. Nobody gave me a favor. Nobody did any of this. I had to go earn it on my own. And, and that's really the way it's been in my coaching career, you know, in places that I've went, you know, I knew some people in Perry County, uh, John Paul Amos was a superintendent. Now, you know, grew up 30 minutes from there. So we kind of knew some people to go into Corbin. I knew absolutely nobody uh, to get that job. So I, I didn't feel like, and that, that was good to affect it. You know, I was able to do my job how I thought to do it best. I didn't know anybody this to say, you got to play this kid, you got to play that kid. And, and it's the same thing coming to Bull County. I, I had some teammates at Western Kentucky that were, were from Bull County and played here. But, you know, I, I didn't know anybody in it. I just came and interviewed. Hey, this is what it is. And this is who I am. And, and they liked it. And, and, you know, it makes you feel good that, hey, I don't know anybody anything for this. I came and got it on my own accord, and, and I'm going to do my best. This way, you know, if we do good, it's going to be my way. If we do bad, then, hey, that's it. I was just going to say, well, obviously you've been very successful at, at Boyle, but traditionally the programs that you've been at, being at, at Breathed and growing up there and then being at Corbin, traditionally has always been a, a good, solid program. And then now at Boyle, which for the last 20 years has been a, a you know top-tier program, would you say that there's any similarities? And if so, what are those similarities? What what makes those programs continue to thrive in high school football in Kentucky? You know, I, I think it's just the work ethic and the community support that you have. And, 
And, you know, it, it means something, you know, we talk about when the, you know, those people that played before you and, and they had won and they'd done this and then, it, Hey, it's your turn. And, you know, I know when, in 2002, when we were playing, we were tired of hearing about the 95, 96 teams that, that had won state championships and been the first ones. Like, hey, it's our turn now. We want to do this. And, you know, when you get to Corbin, uh, they hadn't been to the, the final since 02. And, you know, it was we had a good group and they'd won in middle school. We wanted to get back there. At Bull County, it's the same thing. You know, here's all these teams. The only way to get remembered at Bull County is if you win a state championship and you get your name on that stadium. And that, that you live forever at that point. And, you know, those are kind of selling points that we have. And but, you know, the kids all feel that. And it's, it's not pressure. You know, people say, well, that's a lot of pressure. You got to do this. But, you know, we have more pressure on ourselves to win and to do our best. And, you know, if we do our best, and we're let the cards fall and, and we're going to be fine with it. One of the things uh, why we do this podcast is really to dispel some of the misconceptions people have about Appalachia. I, I feel like a lot of time Appalachia is underrated, especially I think when it comes to recruiting in the mountains, do you think talent is overlooked in the mountains just because maybe it isn't publicized as much or not enough people know about a lot of the talent that's in the mountains? Well, I think so. I think, you know, I think it's getting better. I think because of the media stuff, the podcast, the, the recruiting stuff's getting better. You can go to more camps, you know, with me and, you know, when I was in school, there wasn't these combines. There wasn't these things that you could go do and kind of really make a name for yourself. And you really played the teams right there around your area. I know when I was at Corbin, we tried to play the Mayfields and get out in Western Kentucky. We tried to play the the Bowling Greens, and, and we do those here too. We went we went to Henderson. Uh, you know, you try to play the Louisville schools. We played Christian Academy in Louisville um, to kind of get the name and get in a different market to where that that hey, other people are getting to see you and kind of promote your your kids to be able to get, you know, and when you play good people, they may come, you know, we went and played in Lexington. And you play those Lexington schools and they may go look at a kid from Lexington, but then if you're from the mountains or you're whatever, you have a big game, that's going to get your name out there. And I think that's a positive that I think more coaches can do, and, and they do a lot. They're doing it more now than what they did back then. But, uh, you know, I think there are some underrated athletes in eastern Kentucky that's really just not, been necessarily put out there sometimes too you get out there and you get humbled a little bit and say i, I got a lot more work to do <laughs> yeah so I, I love that is that always kind of been your focus and in, in playing those try to get some of those big games just for exposure purposes for your kids you don't care about your win-loss record you just want to get out there and promote your program is that kind of your philosophy right yeah i, I think you get out there i mean we want to play in our regular season non-district. We want to play teams from – we're playing – you know, right now at Bull, we're playing North Harden. We're playing Henderson County. Uh, we've got uh, – who else do we have? We're playing Bryan Station, but LCA. So, we're in those different places to kind of – Frederick Douglass is on there to where our kids are going to get exposure. If they're looking at those really good teams, you know, we want to be the, the biggest game in the state. Uh, you know, at Corbin, we was there, we played Alcoa. Alcoa, Tennessee, won out how many state championships and – we ended up beating them in our bowl game, but that that brought a lot of notoriety to say, hey, man, there's something going on there. And, and I think you test your kids to that and you kind of hold them to it. Hey, you may get beat, but you, you're going to learn from that and get better. So if you go back to way back when I was playing, Will and I have talked about this before, but, you know, I played at a smaller school and, and uh, you know, I was from Eastern Kentucky, 606, and I went to college with probably – 
half a dozen, maybe 10 other guys that uh, were from Eastern Kentucky. By the time I graduated, I was the only one left. So I think to your point, because you're getting out there and you're playing those other teams and you're giving kids the experience of being away from home, you know, it, it helps them in the long run. When I was the only kid that was left, it's no wonder that coaches on the college level have quit recruiting uh, those Eastern Kentucky kids. So I think it kind of does fall to the on the coaches throughout Eastern Kentucky to try to get out there and give those kids the exposure so that they're ready for that experience. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes in those small towns, and, and you know, I learned this from Coach Holcomb, is is you got to coach your best players the hardest. And, you know, you don't give – if that guy's got a lot of talent, well, you can't let him slide by because when he goes to college or when he go, goes and does this and, and he gets slid by by this, you're, you're really crippling him uh, from being better and being able to experience that, handle the hard times if you're always kind of – making it easy on him. So, uh, you know, we do that with our guys. And, and the reason you do that, coaching best players, the hardest the guy who who maybe he's on his way up. He's like, well, golly, if he can get on that guy, he's I know he's going to get on me. And <laughs> so I think that helps the whole team, and it helps that kid um, to experience. It's all not going to be easy. There's going to be some ups and downs, and and you got to be able to – got to be mentally tough to, to push those, through those things. You talk about support systems earlier and being in those communities that have a big support system – you know, I know you're the head coach of a premier program in the state of Kentucky, but uh, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about the support system in place there in, in Boyle County and just how many coaches go into to making uh, you look good or, or making that community a success on the football field? Well, you've got your, your quarterback clubs and a lot of different things to do that. We've got a great quarterback club. And, you know, for example, we're going down to the 707 Eastern the other day and, and you know, I didn't have to say anything. Dark. I said, hey, we're going to be here. It starts at 10. It's going to be this. We show up. They've got all the waters. They've got all the drinks. They've got sandwiches for the boys. They've got a tent set up. They've got this, a group of parents that are that are all running this for us. And I get a coach football. And, you know, I've got eight to ten coaches. We've got a, our own JV staff. We've got three guys that run our JV. So, uh, you know, we've got, I think, six guys that are varsity coaches. So we keep the varsity players up on one field and we send the JV down here where they're not standing around. They're not, uh, you know, no kid wants to be on a team. That They all come there to get coached. They don't come there to just stand and watch somebody else practice. You know, you're not going to get anything out of that. They're not getting anything out of that. You're not knowing if they can play or not. They all want to be challenged or they wouldn't come. Yeah. So uh, you know, we separate them where they all get as many reps as they can to see, hey, this is what I need to work on. And, and we give a lot of feedback, but you know, that's definitely important in, in finding quality coaches, finding people that are, are for kids and, you know, you're not making any money. You know, your assistant coaches aren't making any money in, in anything that you're doing, but they got to have a love to, to be out there and push our kids. You better not say those things too loud about not having to say a word as the head coach of uh going to a summer seven on seven and all these people show up because that is not normal uh, for most high schools in, in Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's <laughs> the, the difference, what kind of separates you and what they're doing and yeah. they want to come forward and, and, you know, it's not, you know, we, we had a couple of parents, their kid wasn't even getting to play a whole lot and they're there making sandwiches, making this. And I think that's being part of the team and, and being on the team and being part of something whether you're you're getting to it, that means something, you know, because you're there with your buddies. You're there with who you grew up with. And, and you know, this guy may be really good in sixth grade because he's outgrown everybody, right. but you still 
on the team and being together. And, you know, I think that's the, the best team wins in the, the big games, in my opinion. I don't think we were the most talented team the past two years in Class 4A, but we were the best team. We came together. We loved each other. We, they played hard for each other. They played hard for their community. And, and, you know, we ended up winning the two big games. Much like uh, Breathitt County, Neil and I, we grew up in Bell County, but we grew up in Pineville where, you know, mm-hmm. when we grew up, we ate, drank, slept football. That's just that's just what it was in Pineville, especially in, and in Bell County, but not just for the people that played. It was for the band members. It was for the community that came to the game. Everybody just kind of kind of loved it. But we also come from a place where, you know, over the last several decades, there's been a dwindling population where a lot of schools have considered, you know, getting rid of athletic programs. How important do you think athletic programs are to a school and to a community, especially in small towns like Pineville or small towns in the mountain? I think every kid ought to be doing, if they go to that school, they ought to be doing something. They ought to be doing something extracurricular, whether it's in the, you know, now they have the drama and we do a great job of that at Bull County and they've done, you know, the places I've been, uh, done a great job of either in their band, they play basketball, they play baseball. They do something and they're a part of something and feel like that's kind of what they got. Because you you don't know what you're good at at that point. You're in high school, you're learning, you're, you're being around, learning new things, being around new people. Hey, is this what I want to do? And I think you've got to be a part of something extracurricular that the school's kind of there. And I think all schools should have as many options for them as they can. You know, we have a wrestling program. We have a uh, that's something we never had in any place I'd been before until I came here was a wrestling program. Uh, you know, anything they can be a part of, I think a kid needs to be a part of that. So one of the other reasons we wanted to have you on tonight is it, it's getting close to, to football season for uh, the 22, I guess, is what we're in now, the 22 yeah. season. And and I did want to ask you a little bit about your, your upcoming team and kind of what are some of the goals for you all this season and, and what are you what are you looking forward to? Who do you have that you're really uh, going to try to depend on more this season at Boyle? And uh, if you wanted to tell us a little bit about those kids, that'd be great too. You know, obviously you're playing here. We, we're coming off winning. But, you know, that was last year's team. This year's team, and that, that's hard to kind of get through to them. You win that last game and you're winning in today's society, and it's all about me, 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 uh, and everything you can, and you're bringing a group of high school kids together. I think that's one of the most special things, that, and, and, you know, the what I cherish the most. You know, people go on about all this other stuff, this, 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 but, uh, you know, I think when you get a group of guys and coaches, uh, players and all this, you're, and they come together, and, and they do something special, and winning in this kind of culture is, is, is awesome. But, uh, you know, so this team's not done anything yet. Uh, we, we've got a long way to go. We do have some guys who played last year uh, that are coming back. We're going to have a new quarterback, Sage Dawson. Uh, he played defensive back for us last year. He's going to play quarterback and defensive back this year. Uh, Tommy Ziesmer is a kid who is uh, – he started for three years, just going to be his fourth year. He's committed to University of Kentucky. Uh, really good defensive end, tight end. I mean, one of the – He's probably the most talented player I've ever coached. Uh, just 6'3", 250 pounds, uh, can jump, dunk a basketball, do anything you can think of. Uh, runs a 4'640", just a, a really, really talented player, and, and I think his best football is ahead of him. Andrew Hardwick is a lineman that we have, an old lineman. He's committed to Army. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 275 pounds, 
just a tough, nasty, between the whistles guy that, that you want on your team. He's got the big mullet going on now. And, and you know, he, he's kind of, he paints, puts some face paint on. He, he's a guy that if you're going in a fight, you want him with you. Uh, Dalton Stone is a linebacker coming back for us. It started uh, previous to both years there playing inside linebacker. And he's kind of the, the heart and soul of our, our defense and our team. He's emotional, just a tough 5'10", 190 pounds, come and hit you, smack you in the face, you know, kind of type guy and brings that intensity and, and kind of really gets you going there. A guy that we got going to be a junior, Avery Bodner, he led us in, uh, in rushing last year. He's going to play. He'll be back at running back, and and then he'll play safety too. So he plays both ways. Uh, just a tough kid. I don't think really people know a lot. Of, he ran for twelve hundred yards last year as a sophomore. Just a, a football player. If you think about it, I you know he goes to some of the camps and he runs a four seven four eight. But you know he's five ten five eleven one hundred seventy five pounds. And if anybody had a pick that they want him on their team, and, and he's that guy. So uh, we've got some talented kids. And they play hard. They love each other. And, and we've got we've got to come together. We've got still got a lot of things going on. Uh, and you're fighting all that outside, everybody outside telling them, well, you're the defending two-time state champ. No, that was last year's team. We, uh, we're zero and zero right now. And so you're kind of fighting the noise with that and, and trying to get them to distrust our circle, who, what we tell them, because we're going to tell them the truth. Everybody else kind of tells them how good they are. And, well, you weren't very good on this play, and you weren't very good on this one. Uh, you got to get better. But, you know, that's part of the challenge. I think that's what makes it fun as a coach. If it was all a blueprint of staying, do this, 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 you win, every year it changes and, and makes it fun for our coaches, makes it fun for our community and kids. And seeing those guys who were maybe back in the shadows last year and then they step up and make plays. And, and you know, th those are the big surprises. Coach Haddix, I, I got to ask you this question. I think, uh, I know Neil's answer to this question. I think mine might be a little bit different, but say it's the state championship, fourth and goal, we'll say from the five, from the five-yard line. Mm -hmm. Are you passing – as an ex-quarterback, are you passing it or are you running it? On the five? Ooh. Uh, I, I think you got to give – with us this year on our team, and just looking at – we've got an athletic quarterback. I think you got to kind of get him on the edge to – to be able to say, hey, I can run or I can do this or do that, like a little dual threat to say. RPO action. Put some stress on the uh, on the defense a little bit. We're going to sprint him out and get him on the move where he could run it or have a quick, easy pass. So you're passing it is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to be a dual threat, what they can do. We'll, we'll kind of – So what, make, what, was just, what would Justin Haddix do? Uh, I, I may try to get out there and run it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to get on the edge and be a little – physical with it but you know we would uh we're, we're gonna get it to him and maybe have a little rub route i know neil knows about them playing quarterback <laughs> and, and get them at the edge i'm just gonna back up and then take off because i know there's nobody that can stop me from five yards <laughs> come on man my uh, neil's throw in will <laughs> uh i'm calling a pass for sure <laughs> Neil, the problem is Neil couldn't pass to himself, which is what he actually would like to do. Well, I said you cannot stop a, a dual-threat quarterback who can run, too. It's very, very tough to stop at all levels, especially in high school. Yeah. So, I was telling Will before you got on, and, and uh, you know, I think maybe when you're done winning state titles at, at Boyle, uh, who knows when that might be. 
is there ever a chance that that you come back to the mountains at some point? I don't know. I said, I hate to, I never thought I would leave any of the jobs I was at. You know, that, that was something that in any place that I've been, I never said, well, I took this job to get to the next job. Uh, so, you know, I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I never thought I would be at, at when I took the head job at, uh, you know, when I was an assistant at Breathitt, I was like, well, when Coach Oakland's done, I want to be the head coach here. And, and then I got the Prairie Central job. I was like, well, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to build this place up. And then, you know, I was able to get a, the, you know, this person called me about this one. And I, you know, I was able to go to Corbin. I had no plans on leaving Corbin. And, and you know, this job came open and they reached out to me. And, and here I am. So you, you never know, never say never in any of it. Well, to that point, what's one thing? What well, I guess one thing you miss the most about Appalachia or about the mountains? Well, you know, it's your family and your friends, kind of who you grow up with. I, I've got some. Uh, I, we were a real close group, five or six of us that, that keep in touch. Um, you know, one guy's a doctor, and one of my best friends I play football and basketball with. He's a doctor. He's in Pikeville. Uh, another guy, he he's a civil engineer. He's he's working in Breathitt County. He's a state half course, huh? Math course, and <laughs> then I got one guy. He, he's a, a chiropractor in, in town. He actually went back to uh, Breathitt County, just started a business there. So you know, some guys that you know, those are the people that you were around all the time, and, and they're all back there in the mountains and, and back where I grew up. So uh, you know, that makes it special. Your your friends and your family who you grew up with, and you know, still got a lot of family in Breathitt County and and all over. To that point, we always ask all of our guests that come talk to us where do you call home and what makes it home well you know i, I grew up in breath county where i am but i i think you call homes where your family is and, and you know where i where my family is I, my wife and three kids we we live here in danville and, and that's what i consider home i think where they are that's where my heart is all the time uh, you know when you have a wife and, and three kids that, that you love you know i, I think that's kind of that's where you are to me you know you know i always feel it, I do get a different feeling when I go back to Breathitt County where I grew up and being around that, but I feel like home's where, you, where your family is. One other question we always ask everyone, when I say this word, this one word, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word Appalachia? Uh, you know, the mountains, what goes to me, you know, like going back to the mountains and just being there. And, you know, I had a lot of great times just growing up. It takes me back home where I'm thinking we're just growing up. It makes me think about my childhood of, of growing up when I was running around with my buddies and, and we were having a big time and playing football and, and doing that. And, you know, that's special that not everybody can say that. And, you know, especially here where I'm at, you know, not everybody can say, I know I got me and one other coach can say at my office, our, our coach's office. So uh, it, it's special to me. That's a great answer. We hear that a lot. We sure appreciate your time tonight coming on with us and, and diving into a little uh, football talk and a little Appalachian talk. Very uh, big fans of yours and, and wish you the best of luck in the in the future. Hey, sounds good. Thank you all for having me. I got one last question. Uh, right. <laughs> so uh, what was Justin Haddix's, not walk-up music, but what did you listen to before before game? Um, I was more – Kid Rock, it just came out. They were big. You know, when I was in school, Kid Rock was, was a big one. I can remember being a freshman in Middlesbrough High School gym, and we had, uh, you know, you had CDs then. There wasn't no iPods. Oh, yeah. You had ball, ball with the ball had just come on or whatever. That that was like the, 
that was the song. You had Kid Rock's first CD, I think, and and it was a it was blasting. So I was more of a Kid Rock guy at that That's time. Is that not, the one you try to get your your players to listen to in the locker room? Uh, no. They don't like all that stuff anymore. You know, that Country Boy Can't Survive is a real good song. I like to play it a lot. We play that as much as we can. And uh, that's on our pregame. It's got to be on there for nice. me to uh, wherever I'm Country Boy Can't Survive. But, uh, you know, they listen to some other things now. I, I don't understand half of what they say. I don't either. I got fired up on Randy Travis. That, that was my pre <laughs> that was my pregame jam. <laughs> I was more of an Eminem lose yourself. Oh, I, that that that's automatic. That one is that yeah. lose your big one. Yeah. I remember the time when I was in high school, we listened to you know you had your CD, and I guess the Al Pacino speech on any given Sunday. So we listened to that going up the road. We were playing at Belfry in the region finals. And we had it on the back of the bus, and I didn't know even though we had it, and somebody turned it on. And I remember Coach Holcomb saying, play that again. Put that one on again. <laughs> he never heard that. Always a good, good memory that I remember. Well, Justin, like, like Neil said, we appreciate you being on. appreciate all you do, and, and good luck on the upcoming season. Right. Sounds good. Thank you all for having me. Well, man, you know I love football. And I don't think we could have had a better guest on tonight than Coach Haddix. I know we call him Justin a lot, but what a great guy. What a great interview. What a great team that he has built and program that they have going there at Boyle County High School. Really looking forward to, to watching them this year and um, becoming more familiar with some of those kids he was talking about. I appreciated him talking about his time at Breathitt County his time in Appalachia and how important it was to him, not only through his high school career, but when he went on to college. Now, when he went on to head coaching, before he was at Bull County, you know, he's at Corbin, he's at Perry Central in the mountains. Just the importance of the mountains to him and how much it has shaped his life and his career. I said earlier, I talked about his family photo of the of all of his kids decked out in their rebel gear. And I mean, Justin does a great job of, of involving family and really bringing community together. You know, that's really what it's all about in these small towns like we talk about all the time. And he's doing it again over there in Danville and, you know, back-to-back state championships, going for his third, and becoming a coaching legend in Kentucky. Yeah, at a very young age. For, as far as high school coaches go. For sure. A year ago, we had on a Kentucky legend, and now we're, we're having on one that is uh, about to become a, a Kentucky coaching legend. So it's been fun for us to, to talk to these guys. And, uh, you know, high school football season, there's something different in the air when the fall rolls in and these guys get going into their season and all the blood, sweat, and tears that they've put into it in the summer comes to fruition for them. And, you know, I'm glad we had Justin on leading up into week one of the high school football season. Just wanted to point out that next week, I'm not going to say what we're going to have on next week, but we will be announcing something a little little different this year, a little special that we're going to be doing every week. But we will just put out a little teaser, and, and you have to tune in next week to find out what it is. Since this is the start of high school football season in the mountains, high school football season throughout Appalachia, we wanted to highlight a high school football game this week, and we plan to do that every week throughout the season. But, Neil, do you have a, 
Appalachian <laughs> game of the week, high school game of the week. I do, Will. One that I wanted to point out. And I did also want to mention a new a new network that's out there real briefly. If you guys get a get a moment to check it out. The 13th Region Media Network.com has just launched this week, Will. And it's covering basically the 13th region here in eastern Kentucky. I know the guys that are involved with this and it, it's a brand new website. So check that out when you get a chance. For the game of the week this week, you know, for years and years and years growing up. And even now, the buzz around the beginning of the high school football season is always the pigskin classic that's held down at Corbin High School every year. And this year, Corbin is playing defending state champion Pikeville in the opening game of the high school football season. Friday night, August the 19th, in week one of the Kentucky high school football season. That's today. And we just wanted to highlight that game. If our listeners are hearing this, you know, make it down to Corbin, check it out. That is our Appalachian high school football game of the week here from Appalachia Meets World. Friday Night Lights. Will, as, as we always do, now we got a game of the week, but can you highlight a Appalachian business of the week for us? Yeah, the at biz of the week, you know, we, we talked about obviously the flood, flood relief in the beginning of the show. A business in and around that area, the Appalachian Apparel Company. But I just wanted to mention them because they put on like, like a number of other companies did. I know we mentioned New Frontier had a t-shirt. I know we mentioned hashtag 606, East Kentucky Strong. But the Appalachian Apparel Company put out their own apparel for flood relief. Yeah, I was just going to say, Will, that website, if you want to check out the Appalachian Apparel Company, it's appappco.com. So appappco.com. And they got some really cool stuff on there. I know there, I know there's a t-shirt on there that I love that, that says, uh, these people are my family. These mountains are my home. That website. That's one of the shirts I wanted to highlight that they have. All the 100% of the proceeds are going to flood relief. But I wanted to mention that because they were hoping to make like to help with like $5,000, $10,000 towards the flood relief. However, I think, you know, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. Yeah. You know, that guy, he picked up their tweet and he tweeted it out to check out this T-shirt for flood relief. And I think it got upwards of like $140,000 reactions, 9,000 comments anyway. Instead of making $10,000 for flood relief, they have now collected $150,000 towards flood relief. Just this one little small business in Appalachia. That's awesome, man. I didn't know that story. That's that's incredible. So I wanted to highlight them as our app biz of the week. Check them out. Neil told you their website. Check them out if you get a chance and support the flood relief. AppAppCO.com. Excellent episode. You know it's always a special time for us, but it's a special time throughout the mountains, special time throughout Appalachia, having those Friday night lights again, football season in the mountains. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, Will. I guess we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. I'm up in the mountains again. I'm getting lighter. The air's getting thin. Now I'm facing down with the grin. I've been in the city too long Sidewalks and buildings and singing sad songs Now I'm back up where I belong In the mountains again